This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Connection is the conduit for everything that we're trying to do. And what we need to do is we need to understand that when people are looking as to whether or not they're going to follow you, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to ask themselves, does this person care about me? Today's podcast goes back to the archives three years with our first season of the leadership journey with Brian Kite. You can find Brian Kite at dailydiscipline.com now and check out all he does. We have several playlists, which I'll link in the show notes to our seasons with Brian Kite. And in today's podcast, we focus on connection. If we're gonna have if we're gonna have success in our programs, we have to have relationships in which we are well connected with the people that we lead. And that's exactly the topic of today's podcast. Let's go back to the archives and listen to this one with BK. BK, great to have you back here on the podcast. Great to be here. It's another week on the journey. Excited to get going again. Well, as we go through the season, we're looking at different aspects that affect coaches, affect teams, and uh, today we're, we're talking about one that every coach really, to be a successful coach, to be an elite coach, has to excel at. And we're not talking about the X's and O's. We're not talking about teaching technique. We're talking about a skill that probably is highly overlooked, and that's connection, being able to connect with your players so that you can get the maximum out of them and help that out of them and help them reach their full potential. So Brian, let's, uh, let's take it away with some thoughts on connection as we get started here. Yeah. So, you know, as a word, as a singular word, connection is incredibly important. Let's just take the word itself before we even talk about who you need to be connected with, why you need to be connected to them and what the function of that adds to your program. Just think about what the word connection is and then think about its opposite disconnection. A connection between anything brings them together. When a connection is strong, when a connection has, when it's clear, then the things that it binds together are strong. The things that pass through it are strong. If a connection is weak or it's distorted or in in bad situations, when it's disconnected, the things that pass through it are weak and broken and distorted or if it's completely disconnected, nothing gets passed through it or completely misinterpreted things get passed through it. So just as a word, understand this, whether you're talking coaching, whether you're talking colleagues, or whether you're talking your home life, everything passes through the quality of the connection that you have with people. Everything. Emotions, love, joy, happiness, frustration, things you need to communicate, messages get passed through there, you know, getting into more tactical stuff, the connection between, you know, a quarterback and a receiver is what puts them on the same page, which causes them to execute in alignment, in in unison. Um, We have to pass finances through quality of connection. Our cell phones operate through quality of connection. So everything has to pass through it. So of all the things you can pay attention to as a coach, 
your level of connection with the key people in your program and in your life is something that demands daily attention. And we would be served as we, as we keep talking week to week, folding these in on this leadership journey, we'd be served to pay attention to that daily and put it at the top of our list. What am I doing to build connections with the people who matter? And how am I actually building those connections? What am I doing to build the connections? And then who are the people I need to be building those connections with? That's the stuff that needs daily attention from not just as coaches. I, I really do, Keith. It's bigger than coaching. It's just incredibly important to coaching as well. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's something I think, you know, again, when I've, I've talked to coaches on the podcast, they'll point out that mistakes they made as a young coach, the biggest thing they, mistake they made as a young coach was not having the relationship with the players, was focusing so much on, on the X's and O's that they overlooked that part. And I think as, as you do this job, as you work in this profession, you really come to understand how singularly important that is to your success. Yeah, let's put three things together. Keith, a, a relationship is built around three things. It's built around the combination of character, competence, and connection. Really what those are is those are the three facets of trust. Trust is three-dimensional, character, competence, connection. We're not going to talk about trust this week. Let's talk about trust next week. But let's talk about connection because it's one of the elements that every relationship from a trust perspective is built upon. And of those three, the most neglected is connection. I have asked coaching staff after coaching staff after coaching staff, and not just that, but I've asked businesses and leaders and employees, what do leaders neglect the most? Character, competence, or connection? Overwhelmingly, the answer is connection. And I say, well, what are the reasons? What, why, why, do you, why do you do that? And rather than reasons, people provide excuses. And excuses that are the most common is, number one, they say, I don't have time. Number two is they say that, at least in the coaching ranks, kids and parents are harder to reach today, which is, which is just flat out not true. Right. Right? If you think kids and parents are harder to reach today, that's a story you're telling yourself, not a factual reality. And then number three is that they, they, they neglect connection because they think it's soft and they think it makes them vulnerable, and they're still too concerned with being hard as a coach, trying to be tough and thinking that if you want to be tough, you can't really be connected in that meaningful, deep way that there's something soft about that. So the excuses that are given is don't have time, people are harder to reach today, and that in some way it's soft. The reality is none of those are true. The reason that connection is actually neglected about why that actually happens is that people overvalue coaches overvalue the importance of their competence in the game as the reason why people believe in them and will connect with them. Too many coaches believe if I'm a good person and I know the game, that's enough. And the reality is it's not enough. If you're not connected, in fact, let's go this. If you are disconnected, then clarity is also disconnected. Accountability is disconnected and coaching is disconnected. If you're disconnected, the messages that you send are being processed and interpreted differently than you intend and in ways you don't even understand. So your competence that you're so confident in, if you don't have a connection, 
all that confidence that you're trying to pass through, it's not actually getting through. All the knowledge you have about the game, all the technique you want that player to understand, all the alignment you want your assistant coaches to, to follow through on or the assistant coaches listening, all those things you want your head coach to finally get and understand, if you are not connected to them deeply and personally, then everything you're trying to push through and coach and clarify and hold accountable, it's at risk. It's being processed and interpreted and understood in ways you don't even understand. So that's why connection is the conduit for everything that we're trying to do. And what we need to do is we need to understand that when people are looking as to whether or not they're going to follow you, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to ask themselves, does this person care about me? So first, that's the first question they're going to ask. Does this person care about me? Are they interested in me? Do they have my best interest at heart? And do they genuinely care? If they can't say yes to that, your skill isn't of much value to them. Number one, because they don't think you're really motivated to help them. Number two, they're probably not even recognizing your skill because they've already started to distance themselves from what you've said. So connection is that gravitational, foundational, central pillar that allows everything else that matters in coaching to take place. It's cliche these days. You hear guys say it all the time. They they don't care what you know until they know that you care. And with that in mind, you know, you've had the opportunity to really peek behind the, the, the curtain, see behind the scenes of, of a lot of elite programs and elite coaches in the country, Urban Meyer, Chris Peterson, yeah. Chad Morris, to name a few. And certainly we think of those guys, um, you know, first of all, they're, they're very good at their X's and O's. I think we certainly think of Urban Meyer as a tough coach. His programs are tough. I would say, think the same of those others. What do you see from those coaches? The, the characteristic, though, when you're able to really get into that program, what kind of connection do you see between not just the head coach and the players, but also those assistants that are there as well? It, it begins with this. Here's where it starts with. And I'll start with, a, you know, like we talked about before. Uh, last week, we talked about the difference between uh, a foundation and a function. Uh, let me start with the foundation and then let me move into the function of some of the things that I've seen elite coaches do um, at multiple different levels, including those in, that you mentioned and a handful of others. Here's the foundation. It starts with caring, Keith. It starts with caring. And I'll give you a definition. If you have a pen, if you have a piece of paper, if you're at a computer, you're on your phone and you're not driving, write this down. Here's how to care. Find out what is important to them and make it important to you in a way they value. How to care. Find out what's important to them and make it important to you in a way they value. Caring is a decision, not an emotion. Choose to care, then deliver an experience that proves it to them. Caring is not something you feel. It's something you do. The mistake we make too often is thinking that caring begins with feeling some desirable emotion about someone or some group of people. It doesn't. It's most important to care when you really don't want to, because those are the moments when you're likely to disconnect because you don't feel an emotion on the inside. Elite coaches and elite leaders choose to care about the people involved in their program 
and they find out what's important to them and they, and then they make it, well, they find out what's important to the people and make it important to them. So that's the foundation. You got to be able to do that. And, you know, like, like with family, Keith, right? You, you heard the phrase, right? I love you, but I don't like you right now. Mm-hmm. That's the value. That's the value of choosing to care. You can be incredibly irritated with somebody and still choose to care. You can be frustrated. You can be downright angry and mad, but you still choose to care because here's the thing. If your anger as a coach disconnects you from the player and that anger is then perceived as a threat, you've already lost the player. And now what function is that anger serving? What function is that frustration serving if each time you get frustrated and each time you get angry, you don't find out what's important to the player. You disconnect from what's important to the staff member or the parent. They sense that. Now you compound the fact that you don't care and you're angry. You are now a threatening person. Of course they're going to resist. Of course they're going to resist you. But if you can build the skill into yourself to choose to care even when you're upset, to choose to care even when you don't feel like it, what you're going to do is you're going to connect with people who are hard to connect with. That makes you unique. That gives you a skill set most coaches don't have. That means you can get things out of people and get people to do things other coaches can't get them to do because you connected with a guy or a group of people that other coaches couldn't and therefore couldn't get performance out of them. Or like we talked last week, you can connect with challenging, difficult parents who other coaches don't and can't. Now those parents are on your side. They're helping your program, not hurting your program. It comes down to connection. So that's the foundation. Start by caring. Okay. So how do you actually do that? Well, the reality is you have to meet people where they are. I think a big mistake that I see coaches making that a lot of the elite coaches that you mentioned don't make is they don't judge athletes or parents or people on the surface level things that they appear to care about. You know, whether it's anything having to do with social media or anything having to do with money or everything having to do with playing time, they don't get distracted by thinking that's really what they care about. They understand when it comes to caring and finding out what's important to people, it's always something underneath that. What's important to them is respect. What's important to them is opportunity. What's important to them is uh, um, investment and growth towards their future. And while they might get, you know, while, while a player or a, a family member or frankly anybody else might get upset about something on the surface level, playing time or, you know, uh, for college coaches, obviously one of the things they deal with all the time is players wanting to get to the, to, to the, to the league. Well, what that really is about is that's about security. That's about safety. That's about um, securing a, a financial position um, and adding value to people's lives. Well, that's an easy thing for a coach to care about. But if you're distracted by judging what appears to be on the surface something and you don't find out what's really important to them underneath because you keep too much of a distance from them, well, you're never going to be able to find that out. So I, I think that is what what coaches do that the elite coaches do is they don't judge what appears to be like surface level things. The second thing that I see coaches doing, which is – really interesting is that they earn the right for players to be vulnerable. They meet the players where they are. They acknowledge the challenge of the situation. 
that they ask from their players, effort, energy, putting their bodies, you know, on the line, you know, um, they're sore, they're tired, they're fatigued. We're asking them to sacrifice. We're asking them to be disciplined when a number of their peers who are not in the game of football are not disciplined and coaches meet them where they are and they earn the right to ask for a connection because they put themselves near enough to the player's situation without crossing a threshold of, you know, being a friend, they put themselves near enough to that player's situation and they treat them like, for lack of a better phrase, they treat them like professionals. Uh, um, Urban has a phrase, you know, act like a man, get treated like a man. And when, when people uphold that standard, man, he, he builds a connection with you man to man. If you don't uphold that standard, well, you got to earn your right because connection is a two way street. But there's a there's a, an expectation that you're asked to do some really grown things, and you know it's 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 not about trying to have young people go further ahead in manhood or anything like that. But it's about you know I think this game largely, and I know you believe this. You know it's about teaching people how to be men, the right kind of men, respectful, character driven, while also allowing them you know time to be young. It's teaching them, it's guiding them, it's mentoring them on how to grow into a young man and teaching them that at that scale is really important, which means you got to meet them where they are and not ask them to be, you know, some model of perfection or ask them to not care about things that 16 year olds care about. And I just, I, I think I do see too many coaches who are asking kids to do things kids are never really going to do. It's not about not pushing them, but it's about saying, look, at 16, you, you've got you've to gotta set the standard at where a 16-year-old is going to reach for and not hold it to the standard that a 40-year-old would understand. You've you got to set it for, for hey, I think you're going to be 16, but a great version of 16, a unique version, an elite version of 16. But I'm not asking you to have the maturity of a 30-year-old. I'm asking you to be the best 16-year-old you can be, Right. Absolutely. Can you give us a, a tangible example of that so our listeners understand and uh, understand that point? Yeah. So it can be any number of things. It can be, it can be music. It can be social media channels. I mean, something as something as simple as here's a, here's an easy one. Learn how to use Snapchat. It sounds so simple. It sounds so. I don't want to learn how to use Snapchat. All right, the coach might say. Well, here's the thing. If your kids are there, then you need to be there. That's the rule. If your kids are there, you need to be there. If it matters to your kids, it needs to matter to you. So learn how to use it. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to share Snapchat with your colleagues. But if that's where your kids are connecting, if that's where they're passing uh, messages, if that's where they're sharing certain jokes, if that's where they're passing, you know, doing some different things, then learn how to get there and have fun with them with it. Do one a day, something really simple. Um, other things would be um, w- would be carving time out of practice to listen to your athletes about what's going on in their life. Asking them, not the surface level typical coach questions, but what's actually happening. You know, you have a girlfriend. Do you want a girlfriend? Who are you asking to prom? Are you nervous about it? You know, you pick your thing. You know, we, 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 I think sometimes Keith, we forget what it was like to be 16 and none of us know what it's like to be 16 in 2017. And we would, we would 
really enhance our ability to connect with young people if we were 16, 18, 19 years old and questioned, well, would I be on Snapchat? What would I put on Facebook? How would I be interacting with Instagram? And you recognize that that's, that's where a lot of them are hanging out and you might as well go participate and be solid there. Because if you're not, I think you're missing some great opportunities for connection. Absolutely. It's, it, it is very simple to do those things. And as I sit back and listen to you talk about connection, Brian, I think the thing uh, it comes to mind for me, and I've, I've really realized through this conversation we've had so far, is that connection really is a link between that potential we always see in a player and getting his maximum in football, getting his maximum performance out of him. It's, it's bridging that gap. It's, it's really being able to, like you said, get to what he wants, what he needs, and bringing that out in him so he can perform to his absolute best. Yeah, and think of it this way. Think of connection as influence and think of control as authority. What you want as a coach is you always want your level of influence to exceed your level of authority, and never the other way around. You don't ever want your authority to exceed your influence. Why? If your authority exceeds the quality of your influence, that means that people don't want to follow you, but they have to because you have control of them. So in other words, if your influence is at a level five, but your authority is at a level 10, I really only want to follow you to a level five because that's about as far as I trust you and, and I really believe in you. But at a, you know, if you, if you have authority up to me, if you have authority over me up to a 10, that means that where the influence ends and the authority continues, I'm following you out of a sense of compliance, a sense of fear, and a desire to not be punished or, uh, or, or limited in something that matters to me. Whereas the other way, and, and a head coaching responsibility or an assistant coaching responsibility, it comes with a lot of authority, doesn't it? Yeah. And you have control over a number of things. And if you lean on that control over the influence, that's what happens. People follow you out of compliance. They follow you out of fear of consequences. They follow you out of, of um, well, I can't, I have to do this because otherwise you'll take away my playing time. Whereas think of it the other way around. If your influence exceeds your authority, that means that you can only ask me to do this, this, and this. But I will do more than this, this, and this because I believe in you, because I want to. You tell me I need to do, you know, four gassers. And because I trust you and you've connected with me, I'm going to do six. Or you tell me I need to be at the weight room at 6 a.m. and I'm going to get there at 530 because I care so much about you, coach, that I want to show you how committed I am to you. Not because you told me to, but because I want to. And so you have to decide as a coach, are you more interested in connecting or are you more interested in controlling? What's a more valuable tool for you as a coach, influence or authority? You will have to use both tools. There will be times, probably every week, where you will have to use influence and you will have to use authority. If you're in any position of leadership, you have to use both. But if you need to use authority and you don't have the influence invested already, 
that's not a great position to be in in any leadership position. And you're going to have to use influence as a coach. So just decide, do I want to connect or do I want to control? And we talked about last week about building a culture. You notice that's why, that's why I push so hard. Don't try to control parents. Connect with them. Mm-hmm. Don't try to use authority over parents. Build influence with parents because parents don't want to be controlled by you. In fact, most parents will refuse to be controlled by you, even really good parents. But if they can be influenced by you, because you connect with them, because they understand you care about them, because you have demonstrated that what matters to them matters to you, and they can recognize it in something that they value, now all of a sudden, you've actually bought yourself a ton of freedom. You can get parents to do things that other ones won't. And so from a connection perspective, Keith, let me, let me share just a couple, a couple structures that I think will help the listeners in the audience. If you want to connect with people, do four things, and I'll, I'll just put them in order. And I already mentioned number one. The first thing to do is care, choose, and then demonstrate it. Number two is you have to listen really carefully. If you care, that puts you in a position to listen and find out the people, find out where the people you're leading, find out where they are. I don't mean like where they are physically, but find out where they are mentally, emotionally, Uh, Find out where they are in terms of their interest level. Find out where they are in terms of their uh, motivation level. Care first, listen second. Third is communicate. Why does caring and listening come before communication? Here's why. Caring and listening position you to communicate a message that will actually get through. And if you've cared and you've listened, you can now target your message that you're communicating better because you understand the people better and you can actually craft that message in a way they're likely to hear. So number one is caring and listening opens people up to hearing what you have to say. Number two, caring and listening educates you on how to communicate your messages. So as you care, listen, and communicate, the fourth thing you'll need to do in order to connect with people is you're going to have to adjust your style. It's not a new principle. I believe it was Thomas Jefferson that said in matters of principle stand like a rock in matters of style swim with the current i think he's absolutely right don't let style get in the way everybody has wildly different styles you and i don't even have the same style we 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 talk frequently we have different styles Mm -hmm. if i if i if i looked at your style as a character issue and i let your style get in the way because it didn't match mine you could do the same thing back to me and next thing you know what would we be arguing over some people like to talk more some people like to talk less some people uh, are process-oriented. Some people don't care about process at all. Some people want a lot of emotional content. Some people want no emotional content. Some people are really interactive. Other people are super independent. Don't get hung up on style. Let people use their style. Just make sure that you're connecting with them. And so when it comes to how to connect, the rule is adjust towards the other person's style. If they want to talk a little bit more, meet them halfway. If they want to talk a little bit less, maybe calm it down a little bit. took me a long time to learn this one, a long time to learn this one. I was too rigid in my style for a long time, and I had to learn how and when to adjust my style to interact with and connect better with not only people who didn't have my style, but also with people who do have my style because sometimes the biggest disconnection – I'd be curious your thoughts on this. I think sometimes the biggest disconnection – 
can happen with people who have the same exact styles, but don't necessarily see eye to eye on the strategy or the approach. Yeah, definitely. It, it's when, And you feel like that, man, this guy is so stubborn and he's looking at you and say, man, this guy is so stubborn because you're exactly the same exactly. way. So in order to do those four things, I'll, I'll share that those are the four, those are the four things that we teach as how to make the connection, care, listen, communicate, and adjust. Those are just as important to your marriage as they are to your coaching as they are to you as a parent. And let me just briefly touch on all three of those before I share my, my final thought, at least for today, is that, you know, I care about every single person listening to this podcast and coming on this journey with us. And my care, what I choose to make important to me is more than just football coaches. And you guys hear me talk about this almost weekly when I'm on this. And, and I can go back to our initial conversations that we had, uh, um, you know, when our relationship first started, Keith, you know, and, and conversations you and I had about this is that who you are as, as a husband or, you know, to the extent that there's, there's female listeners, you know, hear who you are as, as a wife or a significant other, caring, listening, communicating and adjusting your style. That's the foundation of a great marriage. That's the foundation of being a great parent. You got to choose to care about your spouse. You got to listen to your spouse and how much you've cared about them. Not, not how you feel for them. I'm talking about caring for them as we defined it and how well you've listened to them puts you in a position to communicate messages. I understand in a, in a marriage and in a relationship People get stuck in send mode. They get stuck in transmit mode. They want to tell other people how it is, what to do. And frankly, we get stuck too often in marriage and parenting trying to control rather than trying to connect. So take a step back and go invest a week into just and exclusively caring and listening. Shut down your messages. Shut down your agendas. Shut down the things you want them to understand. Shut down your frustrations, your irritations, your annoyances, those things that you've been trying to tell them for a long time. Shut them down. And go find out what's important to your kids. Go find out what's important to your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and listen to them. Don't listen to respond. Don't listen to tell them your perspective. Don't listen to fix. Don't listen to tell your story. Listen to understand and then tell them what you heard them say and then say, okay, I got it. And then just do that for a week. Watch what happens. Get an experience. Put yourself in a position to be able to send messages back that other people are ready and open and willing to hear. And you can do that by doing this just for a week. The worst thing that happens is you get to know people you care about a lot deeper and a lot better, and you do a really intense check-in with them. Now, it doesn't mean you have to sit there and you know go like Buddhist monk, quiet, <laughs> mute, and all that. I just, I, I just because I, I, I can sense people listen to this and they're like tensing up and freezing like a statue. I, I just mean listen. I just mean shut down all the stuff you're trying to transmit and connect with somebody. The best way to connect is to sit back, open up, and let them reach out and connect with you by asking some really good questions. So in order to do that, uh, um, well, first, 
Have you ever tried anything like that, Keith? You ever done that? I don't know, Brian. I don't know if I've consciously consciously tried to do that. I certainly am going to give it a test here this next week. I have three teenagers in the house, and uh, yeah, <laughs> different all three different personalities. So you know, tuning into really what uh, what they need, I think, is uh, our big challenge really in this house and in, in our family. Do teenagers ever get frustrating to deal with? Oh yeah, definitely. that's that's where we go back you know that's why i go back and why i say it's most important to care when you don't feel like it Uh, same thing in a marriage same thing in coaching we have frustrating players our spouses as awesome as they are get frustrating sometimes and teenagers uh, kids our own kids get frustrating that's when it matters that you care the most Right. When Absolutely. the emotion isn't there and you're at the end of your wit and you're like, you know, you're, you're kind of doing that hand you know, thing where you're gripping, press pause, find out what's important to them. Listen and develop the skill. Start to cultivate this skill. So in order to do that, I'll give you I'll give you four things to do that. Here's how here's how to do that in a way that makes a great difference. First, take total ownership of it. Total ownership. Your attitude and your behavior create an impact on other people and the connection. Own the connection. Okay? Number two, bring careful observation to it. Own it and then observe. Pay attention. Watch. Don't just listen. Watch. See. Number three, focus on genuine understanding. Not your interpretations, not your filters, not your processing. Understand what they're trying to see, especially if what they're saying doesn't make much sense to you. Try to understand them. Try to understand it. Don't fit them into your box. Understand where they are. And then the fourth one is focus on helpful contribution. After you own it and you observe it and you understand it, now contribute to that connection. If you can get those four things down and start to build that practice into your coaching, you're going to be better connected to your players your staff, your community, your parents. And obviously if you can do that with your spouse, significant other and your kids, you know, the, the quality of that relationship at home and, and how everything goes, especially dealing with the hard stuff that happens in homes, it's going to be much better. If you can start stacking those skills up over years, that really strengthens the bond of those units. Thank you again to Brian Kite and his friendship and for all he's done to help the coaching coordinator podcast please check out his podcast, The Daily Discipline, as well as dailydiscipline.com. It's an email that I read every morning. takes me maybe a minute and a half to three minutes to get some inspiration for the day, to get some things to think about and work on for the day. Again, that's dailydiscipline.com. Follow all we're doing on Coaching Coordinator at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.